Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. If you don't follow me on Instagram, um, most of you probably either follow me or my wife, but if you don't follow me on Instagram, you wouldn't have seen this, but the last four days since uh, uh, Friday of last week, I started a seven-day running challenge, and that was to challenge myself to run every day for seven days. And um, so I'm on day four today. Tomorrow will be obviously day five. Uh, So it's close to 20 miles so far. I did uh, the first two days, I did about four miles, and then I did five miles, and today I did six miles. And so I'll end probably around 35 miles for, um, for the week. But it was really just to see what it was like. I came home, and after running with my friend Troy, I texted him, and I said, bro, what would life be like if we ran every day for a week? And he said, I guess there's only one way to find out. And then I text back and said, you're right, I'll Google it. And then we both laughed. But then I thought, you know what, I might as well push myself. And there was this kind of this, it came from the same place as being creative comes from, where you get this thing where, well, it's really this feeling, and I want you to see the distinction here, but this feeling that um, when you start to experience freedom, like when you're, uh, obviously when you're a kid, you, you kind of just do what your parents say. But it's that same feeling of like, I want to get out and play, right? It's that feeling of, what do we, why don't we, how about right now, we just go get milkshakes, right? There's that feeling of like, creativity, let's just, let's just go and do something. Um, But there's really two ways to expend that energy. And I don't want to dissect this to where it takes up the fun of it for you. But there's two ways. There's uh, to consume, and then there's to create. And it's the same energy. And so many people are very, very creative people, but nothing very creative comes from their life because every time they feel creative, it's that energy is used to, let's just watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy right now. That's a creative energy that will come where you'll be doing something and you're like, man, let's just go, let's just go to downtown Disney. Let's just go to do this. That's actually creative energy. That if you had something that you like to do, like draw or write or whatever, that if you just said, I'm, I'm just going to write a short story right now, and then you sit down with a, with a pen and with paper and you begin to write, it's the same energy, but it can be used to create, it can be used to better yourself, or it can be used to consume. And so I said that because I had this where I was like, what, what would life be like if I just um, ran for seven days? And so now I'm in the middle of it and I haven't learned any major lessons except that uh, what it's like to, you know, breathing is an important part of running, your breathing, um, your endurance, but your legs are too. And so today and yesterday, my breathing's been good. I've been fine mentally. I've been excited, but my legs have been tired. And so I realized my limiting factor was my legs, even though today I did my fastest of the bunch. Um, but I still felt it more than I usually do. But uh, the, the reason I bring this up, one of the reasons is so that we can have people who create more than they consume, right? Um, that same energy actually can be used to go shopping when you start, uh, if you're making good money or if you have shopping habits, that same, hey, why don't we just becomes a, let me just go to Best Buy or let me just go buy some clothes. It's all the same energy. The same energy that you go to use to buy when you just get that, you guys know what I'm talking about, that something on the inside can be used, in other, it can be redirected to create, um, 
to, to better yourself. But anyway, so um, I bring that up, though, because there's something on the inside of us. The Bible says we're created in the image of God, but that God is made to want to create. And so I want to tell you that the next time, I want to encourage you that the next time you have that, use it to better yourself. Many people limit themselves by what they say, identities that they've taken. Oh, I'm just not a very athletic person. You know, I've grown to love running. I think I've told this story before, but I used to run just because it was I knew it was good for me. Cardio is good for me. But I met a guy who said he, he, was, he would run. He was a runner. And I said, do you like it? He said, I love it. I get out there and I just run and I enjoy it. And then I made up my mind. I was going to enjoy running. And now I really look forward to it. I enjoy running. There's been one day of the four that I didn't um, enjoy it, but I like look forward to it. Uh, it's uh, For me, it's uh, very fulfilling. And even when it hurts, it's a good hurt. And then when it's done and I'm sweating, it's great. But there's something there that if we can get past who we think we are, you know, I'm not really the creative type. Oh, I just don't like, you'll find something that you actually enjoy. You'll find something that'll be good for you. And God has actually created us that way. So I see people who, uh, in the name of, oh, you know, I'm, I'm really seeking the Lord, they cut out other things, cut out sports. They cut out. Now, people can overdo it and be watching football too much, and they're in church, and they're thinking about football, right? And there's things that can distract. But there's a healthy, especially things that are exercise. It's actually healthy for you. If you like playing sports, People, I've heard people, oh, well, I, you know, when I came to Bible school, I stopped playing sports because I thought I was supposed to focus. And it's like, you can focus, but you can still play. But there's God create us, created us to play. God created us to have fun. And I think there are things where it can become detrimental. For me, with video games, it became detrimental because I was doing it, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hours a day. At some point, it becomes too much. Um, but God created us to have fun and to be people who express ourselves um, uh, through fun, through creativity, uh, in, in play. God created the play mechanism inside man. But um, one of the things uh, that I've seen is many people, when it comes to the things of God, they have the other attitude. They do it out of compulsion, which is a need to do it because they were told to do it. It's like reading the Bible for some people fits into the same category as like, oh, I have to, it's one of my chores. Just like if I was taking out the trash. Well, no, I can't come hang out, guys. I need to read my Bible. Like, <laughs> uh, oh, guys, you know, I've got too much. Pr- I, got, I told the Lord I was going to pray every day. So I'd love to hang out with you guys, but I'm just going to spend time with the Lord. And it's, it's, it's the devil wants to rob the joy that's actually coming from our walk with the Lord. And I've experienced this myself. If you had asked me five years ago, talk to me about prayer. The Lord spoke to me and said, I'm going to use you mightily in prayer. It kind of, it kind of was crazy to me because at the time I didn't have a prayer life. I mean, I'd pray in tongues every once in a while as I felt it. I didn't have a disciplined prayer life. But the Lord said, and it's still, it's, it's one of the ways you know it's a word from the Lord is when, when it, years later, it still sticks out to you. It's clear as day. But he said, I'm going to use you um, mightily in prayer. And now the time that I have with the Lord, the time in God's presence is the most joyful. It's the source of who I am. You know, it's the source of my strength. It's the source of my joy. It's the source of my direction. It's everything. Like you could take away a lot of things, but don't take away the, the time that I have with the Lord. And so the, the devil wants to put it in the category of like, I have to do this. But if you can begin to, you have to really become a salesman and convince, begin to sell yourself on why it's important, but not only important, but why you love it. 
you need to tell your mind what to think when it comes to these things. Because if you let it sit as a, in the category of like, oh, I just do it because I know it's the right thing to read my word. And I know you guys are here listening to a podcast and no one told you, you know, you don't have to listen to this podcast. No one's, hopefully this isn't part of your um, required, your parents are making you listen to the Ryan and Krista Yusta podcast. Most of you are choosing to do this of your own free free will. But um, we fight and defend our freedom. The Bible says in Galatians 5 to stand fast in the freedom that, that you have and don't be entangled again into the yoke of slavery. Don't allow the things of God to become stale. Fight for your joy. Fight for, fight for the peace that you have in God. Fight for the fact that it's a joy to have time in the presence of the Lord. Fight for the fact that, that, that the word of God is changing your life. If I asked you today, if you could spend 15 minutes with anybody, past, present, right? Anybody dead or alive, 15 minutes with anybody. And names would come up like Martin Luther King, right? Names would come up like, oh, I'd love to go back and meet Kobe Bryant, or maybe I could meet Abraham Lincoln, or maybe I could meet Christopher Columbus. But I think as a believer, every one of us would say, man, to spend 15 minutes with Jesus would be the most impactful thing. But that's what the word of God is. And so when you esteem the word, like, like it's spending time with Jesus, Jesus is the word. And you say, Jesus, I'm coming right now and I'm opening the Bible to spend time with you. I know that I receive life from you. I know when you said to, to eat my flesh and drink my blood, you were talking about this. This is part of what you were talking about. And Lord, I believe even in 15 minutes and spending time with you and with your word, I'm spending time with you and my life will be changed by it. Holy Spirit, give me revelation in the word because the devil wants to keep us in a place of you have to do this, you have to do this, like we're in, we're, we're in school. God wants it to be a place where it's great joy, where the word is the life of our heart. And I know for many of you, it is. You love the word of God. You look forward to reading the word. You look forward to spending time in God's presence. And that's the way it was meant to be. Then I want to talk to you. I've uh, I had a conversation with someone about this um, recently, but about the difference between condemnation and conviction. The Bible says uh, uh, in John chapter 16, the Holy Spirit um, is talking here, or sorry, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, um, but he is talking by the Holy Spirit. So uh, every time you see red letters, the Father is speaking, the Son is speaking, and the Holy Spirit is speaking. He said, I don't do anything unless I first, I don't say anything unless I first hear my Father say it, unless I first see my Father do it. And he said, the words that I speak are spirit in their life. So um, they all work together. So it says, um, verse seven, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So three things, first of all, of sin, of sin, because they believe not on me. I've said this before, but sin, the only sin that sends you to hell is not believing in Jesus Christ, of sin because they believe not on me. When, when someone stands before Jesus, excuse me, when someone stands before, yeah, Jesus, their judge, and, and, and they, the, they don't say, depart from me, I never knew you because you fornicated. It's, it's the unbeliever, you workers of iniquity. It's people who, who didn't, believe, didn't have Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who didn't live for God. You know, the truth is, if we love him, if we believe in him, belief, all real belief produces actions. People, if I really believe that my house was on fire, I wouldn't stay in my house. I would run out of my house. If my belief is in Jesus Christ, my actions will change to serve Jesus Christ. 
And so belief will produce the life that the word, the word exemplifies, the word commands us. So it's, it isn't, oh, you don't get to go to heaven because you did this. It's you, you're, there's no faith in Jesus Christ. It's the unbelieving that don't make it to heaven, that go to hell. And but then it says of righteousness because I go to my father and of judgment because the prince world is judged. It's the Holy Spirit's job to actually convince you that you're righteous. But I want you to see the difference between the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of the devil. The one convicts, the other one condemns. So let me draw some clear differences here. Conviction is when you sin, the Holy Spirit's job is to convict you. Why? Sin, Jesus, the Father, will forgive you. But it's up to you to repent. Sin that's unrepented for isn't forgiven. That's why the Bible, when it says, uh, he that sins, it, it, in First John, it's a scripture that throws people off, but it actually says, he that practices sin isn't of God. So what does that mean? It's someone who, who doesn't hold sin, someone who holds sin in their heart. So uh, a Christian or someone who says, I'm a Christian, but then sins and plans to keep on sinning is at a place where the sin is driving them from the Lord. And what is happening? Their heart is hardening. Now, if someone has a, a heart that says, God, I'm sick and tired of this sin. I don't want to do it. I need your help. Please forgive me. And is quick to repent. God will forgive them. So the moment someone sins, the Holy Spirit's job is to, is to convict them, right? Is to, is to say, hey, it's time to repent. It's time to get back into fellowship with the Lord. And so that feeling of like, oh, man, I messed up. We all know that feeling. Man, I messed up. So that's conviction. And it's his job to get you, to keep you having a soft heart from God. Because people who harden their heart because of sin, the Bible talks about in Hebrews 3, people who harden their heart ultimately fall out of faith. They don't believe. The Bible says the Hebrews didn't enter the promised land because of unbelief. Their sin hardened their heart and it made it an unbelieving heart. Hebrews 3, Hebrews 4. What the devil does is he condemns. I want you to notice something. Condemnation comes after conviction and repentance. Condemnation comes after conviction and repentance. Why? What the devil tries to do. He entices you to sin, causes you to sin. You sin. Conviction comes from the Holy Ghost. Father, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I ask you to forgive me. And the moment you repent, condemnation tries to come. You're just a terrible Christian. You never get it right. And we think it's the voice of the Holy Ghost because it bumps up to conviction. You say, Lord, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. At the moment that you pray that prayer, Father, please forgive me. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. Your sins are washed away. If you ask God to show you a report of yours, an up-to-date report of what you've done wrong, he would have nothing. Why? Because you've repented. But then the devil comes and he wants you to spend 24 hours, 48 hours feeling bad living in condemnation, beating yourself up because of what you've done wrong. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. But what is repentance? Repentance isn't just saying, I'm sorry. True repentance is turning the other direction. So repentance that, that comes from the conviction of the Holy Ghost is, Father, I'm sorry. I, Lord, help me never to do it again. Father, I won't find myself in that position again. I know I went to that person's house and I knew I shouldn't have. You told me I shouldn't have and I disobeyed. Father, please forgive me. Lord, Lord, please renew my conscience. Lord, I'm not going to do, I'm making a fresh commitment. I'm putting up these rules in my life. I'm setting up these boundaries. It's a turning in the other direction, a turning away from. That's what repentance means. It's turning around from what you did. If someone says, Lord, I'm sorry, but they're planning to do it again tomorrow, 
That's a problem. If you've got future plans for sin, that's called iniquity. And that's, a tr- that's an issue. That shows a, a heart, um, a cold heart towards God. Condemnation is when the devil comes to beat you up for what you've done. Because let's look at this. Ultimately, the goal of the Holy Spirit is to what? Is to keep you in right standing with the Father, to convince you of your righteousness, to bring you out of a life of sin and into the kingdom of God, and, and, and keep you, to guide you to heaven. What's the goal of the devil? To separate you from God. So ultimately, he wants you to live in sin. He wants it to be unrepented. He wants your heart to get to the place that when you sin, you don't even feel it and your conscience is seared because then he has you. And so that's the difference because people say, well, hey, what do I do? Because, you know, I repent, but then I go to church and then I feel bad and the devil tries to, or I'm, I'm reminded of what I did. You, you have to become a salesman for yourself and say, no, when Jesus forgave me, I was forgiven. Now, if there's stuff that's, there's things where the Lord will show you, hey, there's pride in your heart. Hey, you need to go up to the altar call. You follow the Holy Ghost. But ultimately, you don't let the devil run, push you around with condemnation. Lord, there, you said there's therefore now no condemnation, those who are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Conviction comes from the Holy Ghost and leads you back to Jesus. And the Bible says, repent so times of refreshing can come. Condemnation comes after you sin and after you repent. The devil won't bring condemnation uh, before you repent. Why? Because he doesn't even want you thinking about it being sin. He doesn't want you remembering being sin. He wants it just to keep going in your sin and not even think about it. But condemnation comes the moment you repent. So refuse to be condemned. I'm a child of God. And that's really how you come out of sin. You, You begin to see who you are. You let the Holy Spirit convince you of your own righteousness. We love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. We will see you on the next podcast.